Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from different locations at Lambeau Field. Wes, we are in the final week of OTAs for the Packers with the mandatory minicamp to follow next week. That will be the final week of the offseason program. And We have been witness as members of the media to three practices so far throughout OTAs. I wanted to share maybe some of just our observations, where some things sit on the depth chart, what we've noticed here and there. And again, as we talked about before OTAs even started, you take it a little bit with a grain of salt at this time of year because coaches are trying out different guys in different spots and, and nobody's put any pads on yet. Nothing's full contact. But that being said, one thing one competition that has certainly uh, gotten underway and, uh, and to a certain extent lived up to its billing, at least so far is uh, what's been discussed with regard to the starting safety position alongside Darnell Savage, because in the practices that we have been witness to, and we've only witnessed three of the, uh, of the eight or nine or however many there have been so far, but we have seen Rudy Ford with the number one defense with Savage. We've seen Jonathan Owens in that spot. And most recently, we've seen Tarverius Moore in that spot. So you're talking about one holdover from last year, two guys who were brought in as free agents. Um, that competition truly appears as wide open as it gets for a starting spot on this defense. As wide open as I can remember, Mike, among basically veteran players. Uh, In a way, it almost reminds me of when Charles Woodson was moving back to safety and the Packers were trying to figure out how they were going to replace him as a perimeter cornerback. You know, you obviously had, I think Casey Hayward was coming in that year, but it was like Jared Bush and like all these veteran players Sam Shields was trying to get back into the conversation after a down uh, year in 2011. So here we are, uh, a wide open race with Rudy Ford coming back, started a handful of games last year. Jonathan Owens started every game last year for the Houston Texans. And then Tarverius Moore is kind of those, this wild card. I, I don't know if it's because of Owens and you know the connections with Simone Biles and, and that storyline, but He's definitely been the more heralded uh, attention drawing signing for the Packers, but Moore was actually like one of the first signings Green Bay made this offseason. I remember I was at actually the WIA State Boys basketball tournament watching Rob Domofsky's son play when we saw the the message come through that Moore was going to be signing. And I remembered a little bit about him from his time with the 49ers, but I think the bigger thing was, you know, he had that catastrophic injury. 
misses a full season, and he came back and had always been a really solid, dependable core special teams player for him, but it seemed like he wasn't able to get that opportunity on defense again like he did before the injury. Well, if you look at his pedigree, Mike, a former third-round draft pick, a guy that you know did have a lot of speed and, and attributes you look for coming into the NFL a few years back, now he gets a fresh start in Green Bay, and when you're talking about trying to make a positive impression, that two-minute drill to end practice, you know, Jordan Love makes an ill-advised throw across the middle late, trying to hit Christian Watson for a 29-yard touchdown. Moore shows his veteran savviness, kind of hides in the background a little bit, back in the weeds, darts out, gets the pick, and that's what ended practice. So those are the type of plays that you're going to need to make uh, if you're one of these safeties that wants to step up and grab that starting position. Yeah, Moore is a really intriguing uh, prospect, and I say that not because he's a young guy, but prospect for the the potential starting role. Because as you said, he you know he had he's had some opportunities to start and get playing time on defense. Then he's dealt with injuries. He's been a co- anytime he's been healthy uh, with the 49ers, he was a, a core special teamer, and obviously the Packers are going to be looking for for that experience as well. Maybe the most interesting uh, uh, factoid about him, I think um, that has always stuck out to me since the Packers signed him and we put some information on the website about him is he has one interception in his career in his very limited playing time on defense. And it was in the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes at, at all of all moments. Right. So officially he doesn't have a regular season interception as a defensive player, but he's got one in the Super Bowl against uh a future hall of famer. So, uh, so he's got that going for him as we like to say, which but is nice. um, yeah, which is nice. This, this competition though, um, to me, it has all the markings of one of these that, uh, that very well might not be decided until the first couple, maybe all three of the preseason games are played in terms of uh, who will be starting next to Darnell Savage. And who knows, depending on how, Matt LaFleur wants to, you know, work things as far as the playing time in the preseason. If Savage is, is for sure, uh, you know, the starter there, as it appears to be, then maybe, um, you know, the preseason games, a couple of these guys will, will start in those games and the end, there'll be an, an even greater rotation of, of the reps with, uh, with some of the top line guys who are out there. So um, this one is, uh, is a long ways from over, but we've certainly seen uh, in the early stages of 2023 here that uh, that the Packers are going to explore all their options uh, to fill this starting role that has been vacated by Adrian Amos. Well, keep one thing in mind too, Mike, we've seen so many times now that the safety, it's not just about who are the two back safeties. It's also about, Hey, who's potentially playing in the dime. Who's going to play in dollar. Uh, if they go really defensive back heavy, there, there always is these opportunities. I think of how last year ended for green Bay, you know, some injuries at cornerback. You're seeing Ennis Gaines playing the slot late in the season. You saw Darnell Savage playing closer to the line of scrimmage. So certainly the safety body type, I think that historically has been one that lends itself well to special teams. You know, I think that's a re- big reason why, you know, Dallin Levitt, you look at the path he took as an undrafted free agent, Utah State, becoming a core player for the Raiders, and then last year becoming a core special teamer here for Green Bay. It, it's not just about who wins that safety spot. It's about the other roles that they could potentially fill. And then I'll very quickly throw out Tariq Carpenter in there at that as well. Now, Tariq is playing now with the inside linebackers, learning from Devondre Campbell and Kirk Olivadotti at that position. But he's six foot three, six foot, you know, 230 pounds, somewhere in that range. I mean, those type of hybrid body types, even though the league has gone back to more of a traditional breakdown between inside linebackers and safeties, 
they're still going to be in that conversation when you look at sub packages and where players could potentially fit. But obviously you want to be a starter. Rudy Ford has tasted it. Tavarius Moore has seen some of it. Jonathan Owens did it last year for the Houston Texans. That is a hungry, hungry group for somebody to grab that opportunity. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I wanted to share a little bit too, as far as what we've seen, what we've observed with regard to the offensive line, because people, you know, folks are asking a lot of questions in terms of how this is going to shake out. Again, no definitive answers at this point, but in what we have observed in the practices we've been able to attend, we've seen Zach Tom, the second year, uh, fourth round pick a year ago, second year player out of Wake Forest. We've seen him take some snaps with the number one offense at right tackle. We've seen him take snaps with the number two offensive line at center. Um, We've also seen uh, Yash Nyman earlier in OTAs was, uh, um, was taking snaps at left tackle when David Bakhtiari was not doing 11 on 11 drills, but we've also seen Nyman obviously take his share of snaps at right tackle. Um, Yesterday, I'm sorry, on uh, Tuesday, I got to get my days straight here. On Tuesday, when Bakhtiari was not taking 11-on-11 snaps, we saw both uh, Rashid Walker and Caleb Jones taking taking snaps at left tackle with the number one offensive line. When Elton Jenkins took a break at left guard, we saw Royce Newman step in with the number one offensive line there. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's still a lot to sort out um, on the offensive line in terms of what, uh, what the pecking order is, uh, is going to be. But, uh, but with that, I'll turn it over to you. And if you have any other observations, as far as things you've seen with regard to the depth chart as mandatory meeting camp is right around the corner. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how it's a year later, but yet it's still very much the same where you're seeing Zach Tom play right tackle, center, left tackle, all these different spots that he's sort of been immersed in and and continuing that. Because as both, you know, Luke Buckus and Matt LaFleur and, and certainly Adam Senovich have talked about, they want to give him an opportunity to compete for a starting job this year. Uh, and, and, and with the very least, you know, you need to have a backup center. If it is Josh Myers, again, who's going to be the next guy up there. That could be Tom, because I think it does feel like Elton Jenkins. They kind of want to stop that circle, that, that merry go round a little bit, keep him at left guard, let him get settled there and be the pro bowl player that we've learned him to be. But the right side is, is such an interesting spot because as much rotation as we're talking about John Runyon Jr. as John Runyon Jr. is wont to do uh, just continues to to hold down that position and I think he's turned out to be a really uh, a big pillar there he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Lane Taylor where it's just a steady as they go type of player that you can sort of hitch your offensive line to and then try to figure out what's happening at right tackle that's not to say that he won't be competing to shoot he's been doing some snapping as well but the fact is, is that the Packers know they have David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and a lot of opportunity. They want to give that opportunity to, to a group that has so many players returning this season, Michael. And, you know, even a guy like Caleb Jones, that I, I don't think he's necessarily in the conversation for a starting spot right now. But the fact that he's been able to work a little bit at left tackle when Yash Nyman is concentrating on right tackle, 
those are valuable reps for a guy that was an undrafted free agent and un- college rookie last year out of Indiana. That That's what camp is all about. And, you know, we're going to talk about some of these other things that are going on right now, but, and not to shift it away from the offensive line, but I, I asked Matt LaFleur about the cornerback situation during our media availability with him on Tuesday, because here's Carrington Valentine, where a guy that otherwise a rookie, a seventh, you know, seventh round pick who would not get reps with the number ones this time of year. Well, Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas aren't here. So here he is working against Romeo Dobbs, getting a pass deflection. Who stands out? Who makes an impression for my eye, whether it's offensive line, defense, any of these positions, you've seen a lot of young guys sort of grab the brass ring. I feel like in the three practices that we've been exposed to and really make a case for themselves, because at the end of the day, when you have less proven experience in your lineup, you want to see the young guys that really step up and grab that to bring it full circle. I think Zach Tom has been the epitome of that. I think a few years earlier, John Runyon was a great example of that. In the more guys that kind of step up and grab those opportunities and and allow that twelve person offensive line that that returned from last year, the the you know cream rises to the top, and and the Packers have plenty of of opportunity and options to look at. You know when you're trying to formulate who's going to be those starting five come the summer. Yeah, and you have to believe, as you talked about, with the opportunity on the right side, that that is something that is going to continue all through training camp and through the uh, the three preseason games as uh, as the Packers make their way toward final roster decisions and then obviously starting lineup decisions for week one. So a um, couple other topics to get to here, Wes, but I'll take care of some sponsor business first. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. All right, um, a bit of a follow-up that was, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of weeks in the making. Um, a while back, we had a media availability with, uh, with the whole gamut of assistant coaches. And one of the interesting uh, topics that came out of that was when uh, the media was discussing with Ben Sermons, um, AJ Dillon's 2022 season. And um, Sermons sort of, uh, you know, o- opened the door a little bit to some discussions that he's had with Dylan in terms of, uh, you know, Dylan not being satisfied with how he played, um, looking to, uh, uh, you know, looking to take some major steps forward here in his in his fourth season with the Packers. And then after practice on Tuesday, you were a part of, uh, of um, a group of reporters talking with Dylan at his locker. So uh, I'm interested in what you learned from that conversation and, uh, and what you can share with us on the show. First and foremost, Mike, I just want to say how much I love Ben sermons and, you know, in the NFL, how many times have you and I, when we look at a new incoming coach coming in, or maybe just looking around the NFL, do we see these Wikipedia pages where it's these guys that, and God bless them, but they have these long, you know, resumes where it's been at this place and then this place and two years here and one year there. Ben Sermons has been the Packers running backs coach now for seven years, uh, very quietly, has just done his job, developed Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and made the transition with Ty Montgomery to running back. And now his latest pupil has been AJ Dillon, longest tendered member of the Packers offensive staff right now. Second longest tendered, I think, to Jerry Montgomery on the entire team in terms of the coaching staff. 
And when you have a relationship with a player, when you've been around them for three years, I think you can speak frankly, even in the media, about where you feel like they need to grow. And yep. listening to A.J. Dillon, it reminded me a lot of the conversation you had with Kenny Clark last year, too, where there's this self-awareness that is involved with it that says, hey, listen, <clears throat> last year wasn't a bad year for A.J. Dillon. It was fine. But he has big goals. And I think what his uh, thought process was is that he focused too much on 2024 when he needed to be in the present. And he mentioned a line that Sermons talks about with the running backs, which is, if you think, you stink. And, <laughs> it, and it's it's true. It, it's true for a lot of positions, but especially at the running back position where everything is so instinctual. And I think when A.J. Dillon is at his best, he's playing powerful and instinctual. You know, he mentioned, you know, there's a lot of things not to make excuses, but he was just kind of letting us in on his world a little bit. He's a new husband. He has a son coming. You know, he, he has a lot of things he's thinking about off the field. That's he's trying to set himself up for the future, wants to come out, dominate, be a power back and a thousand yard rusher and all these different things. He just needed to focus on the play that was in front of him. And I think you can tell there's a weight lifted off his shoulders a little bit going into year two, because Mike, you and I have said it for the last two years. This offense is at its best when it runs through Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Doesn't matter if it's Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, or freaking, you know, Mike Tomzak back there. The, the Packers, when they are able to get their running game going, they're playing premium football. That's what they need to get back to. And I think A.J. Dillon appreciates that. Listening to some of his self-reflection and, and being able to sort of break down what happened last year and put his best foot forward, because now there is no next year. This is all about this year, and then whatever happens, happens in terms of his contract. But he he wants to be able to really maximize his potential and show that he is the type of running back the Packers thought they were getting in 2020 when they used that second-round pick on him out of Boston College. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that and hear his perspective because we've talked to a lot of young players and watched their development and chronicled their development over the years, and you, and you hear all the time, you know, guys going from that first year to the second year where it's like, Hey, you know, yeah, I, I don't have to think as much about the playbook. I, you know, I can just play. I just, I just react. It's not a, um, it's not a thinking man's game anymore. The way it can be as a rookie when you're trying to figure everything out. Well, it almost sounds like AJ Dillon, you know, he, he did that in his second year, but then in his third year sort of got caught up in the, in the thinking again. And in that's where a veteran player who knows a lot, perhaps then is trying to do too much. He's trying to, he's trying to do everything perfectly. And all that does, all that does for an NFL player, because this game is so fast and, and holes, you know, for a running back, a hole is open for, you know, 0.62 seconds. You know, I mean, the, the holes close quickly. You can't, you can't think because it slows you down too much. It's, you know, you and I are big fans of, uh, of the movie bull Durham. And, you know, there's the great line where, um, Crash Davis says to Nuke Lelouch, don't think meat, just throw, you know, and that that's how NFL players, the, the best NFL players, they aren't out there thinking they because every all of the mental part of it is automatic. It's all it's all reactionary. It's all second nature to them. They just go out and play the game and they play it extremely, extremely fast. And uh, the fact that the fact that A.J. Dillon recognized that in terms of 
his own season in terms of watching the film, in terms of working with uh, with his head coach. I thought that I, I find that very revealing because you know how I am about talking about guys being you know being self aware because that's uh, that's more than half the battle in this league in terms of improving yourself is knowing knowing who you are, what you've done, and what you need to do to get better. And uh, and it looks like uh, it looks like AJ Dillon is is perfectly aware of what he wants to do here. And and that's what I love about Matt LaFleur's philosophy too. Cause it's not like LaFleur came in in 19 and was like, Hey, we're going to reset everything. I'm going to bring in a new running backs coach. No, he, he saw the work that Ben sermons was doing with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. And was like, yeah, we're going to stay on that path. Now you have AJ Dillon coming into that equation and he's blo- He's shown big flashes at times. I, I still think back to that game in December against Tennessee a number of years ago where he looked like he, this is going to be one of the top running backs in the national football league. I still think he can be, but it's just about making sure that he gets back to playing the way he did at Boston college when he is the featured guy, when he gets the opportunities, because here's the thing he said, you know, there was times and I, I visualized this when he said it, you know, he gets an outside zone and he gets the ball and he's thinking about, okay, this is what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to be able to, and you're trying to do the math too quickly. You just got to know that four times two is eight sometimes. And, and that's, that's basically where he's trying to get back to The cool thing about it is though, the foundation with sermons, the fact that he has the friendship and relationship that he does with Aaron Jones, it's all still out there for these guys. And, and trying to show that this year, especially in a transitionary period with Jordan Love, at quarterback, a guy that he's incredibly close with, that that they can be the, the bell cows that the Packers have really wanted them to be. Yeah. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Well, one more, uh, uh, one more little anecdote to get to that I think uh, will be fun to share before we go today, and it has to do with veteran defensive lineman Kenny Clark and that uh, that position group that he's dealing with. And we've talked already this off season about you know Dean Lowry is gone, Jaron Jaron Reed, excuse me, is gone. They both left in free agency. Kenny Clark is the leader of a group now that has TJ Slayton, who was a fifth round draft pick a couple of years ago, Devontae Wyatt, who was a first round draft pick a year ago. Then you have um, a fourth round pick in Colby Wooden and a sixth round pick, if I have that right, I believe sixth round in, in Carl Brooks. Um, Kenny Clark is the is the man. Uh, he is he is the real leader of of a very, very young group on the defensive line. And uh, well, it just so happens that one of those rookie draft picks that came in this year has uh, has actually sort of been Kenny Clark in the whole like video game thing. You're the one who found the that video out from, game thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who found that out from uh, from Colby Wooden. So I'll let you tell the story better than I can. Mike, when was the last time you picked up a video game controller and, and played like football game techno bowl? Yeah, probably probably <laughs> right around, right around there. No, but Hey, that, that's what I loved about the story because Hey dude, I'm getting older now too, but I thought it was such a fitting analogy and anecdote that Colby Wooden, here's Colby Wooden, fresh face, you know, Auburn senior coming in new member of the Packers defensive line room. And you know, he obviously you're going to know who Kenny Clark is if you play defensive line, two time Pro Bowl and everything. But he said, he's like, oh, no, I'm very familiar with this game. I played with the Packers a lot in Madden. And 
I think that speaks to not only the fact that Kenny is a veteran now here in Green Bay, but also it, it sort of shows that even a 27-year-old defensive lineman, uh, there there is this this I, this age of Madden and video games that you're now. This is how guys are going to know you coming into the league a little bit. Yeah. And I, I the thing that I when I was going through story ideas for this spring when I realized that, yeah, Kenny's been a multiple time team captain. He's been a leader. He's been, you know, what, two times he's won the media good guy award here in green Bay. He's never been the oldest member of his position room. Even after Mike Daniels and the Troy guy on Ricky, John Francois and all these guys, even Jaron Reed, they all moved on. Dean Lowry was a year older than him when they both arrived here in 2016. Kenny was 20 true junior. Dean was a, you know, full fledged, you know, Northwestern senior. And now here he is 114 NFL games. The rest of the room combined has 50 played in those of those eight players. Only two have actually played in a regular season game, you know, TJ Slayton and Devonte Wyatt. And Kenny is embracing that role. Like he doesn't look at himself as the old head in the room. He, he looks at himself as a guy that can really be an extension of Jerry Montgomery and help relate to these guys. What is going to be needed of them this season? Because here, Mike, the fact of the matter is, much like Kenny in 2016, especially 2017, the Packers need these young guys to play. One of the analogies I threw in there was the fact, well, why were we talking to Kobe Wood in the first place? Because last week he was in there with the first team defense when Devontae Wyatt dropped out of practice. Wyatt ended up being fine. He was back on Tuesday. He was making a couple plays. But that's the next men up for Green Bay right now. It's Brooks. It's Wooden. Maybe it's a Chris Slayton. Maybe it's Jonathan Ford. But none of these guys have played in the National Football League before. So Clark is bringing them along and letting them know that the standard and sense of urgency involved with that. And then the last thing I'll just leave you with, the challenge that Kenny has brought on himself to be more vocal this year. You know, Kenny is one of the more affable people you're going to find in the locker room. But again, kind of like Romeo Dobbs we were talking about earlier this week, he's not the type of guy that's just trying to start the party with everybody. You come and you want to talk to him, have a nice conversation, he'll have that. But he's not the the biggest extroverted, most boisterous player in the locker room. But yet he knows that he needs to be a guy that's going to tell guys, this is the way we got to do it. This is why we need you to do it that way. Because ultimately, it's on him and that defensive front to improve. Because even though you lost Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed, there is still a huge jump that Green Bay is expected to make this year with the defense. And that's going to start up front with Kenny Clark and those young defensive linemen. Yeah, what I think is so important, too, about having a guy like Kenny Clark as as the leader of that position group, it's not just about his personality and 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 his production and, and how he goes about his business as a pro, because all of that is very important. But as a leader of that group, he can also say to these young guys, hey, look at my stats from my rookie year. Like, yeah, I've developed a career where I've, you know, I've gone to a couple pro bowls and I've, you know, get four or five sacks a year as, as an interior defensive lineman, but go look, look at the stats from my rookie year. I wasn't setting the world on fire and I was a first round pick, you know, drafted, you know, mid twenties overall out of UCLA. Kenny knows what it takes to, to progress and to, and to get to where you want to be in this league. And, and he's not a guy who ever, whoever doubted himself, but yet to a certain extent, he still had to prove himself because he didn't come in and set the world on fire as a rookie. And I think as, as an example, as, as a guy who went through that himself, whether you're talking about Devonte Wyatt as a first round pick last year, or a guy like TJ Slayton, who's now in his third year and is going to be expected to take on a lot more snaps and play a lot bigger role. 
role. Um, Kenny Clark is uh, is as close to the perfect type of leader as you could ask for for that group. And and he was the the perfect mentor for Wyatt too, because Wyatt talked about you know it. it he understood coming in where he was being drafted and the fact that they had all this veteran talent there, that he wasn't going to be a day one starter, but it does get tough when you get into the dog days of the year and you're only playing 10 defensive snaps on a Sunday, you feel like you want to be able to do more, but it was actually Kenny kind of relaying his story to Devante. I didn't write about that this time, but it was a story at the end of last year. It was Kenny kind of telling him his path and how he didn't really come on until really towards the end of his second NFL season where he really busted on the scene. The, that type of message resonated really well with Devontae White because I think you could see the the weight of the world kind of come off the young man's shoulders and understand, okay, this is a process. I am a first-round pick. I'm going to be expected to produce, but this Rome has not been built in a day. It's going to take some time to be able to become that type of difference maker just like he was at Georgia and the path that he took with the Bulldogs. So. Kenny Clark, man, Casey about that life. He, he's been a huge, huge anchor for this football team the last seven years and certainly going into year eight. In addition to his own individual goals will again be a big focal point of this defense. Yeah, no question about it. He's a guy that uh, he's a guy we've come to to know and love, but uh, but we also uh, enjoy watching him on the football field. And, and he's going to be a vital part of this Packers defense, as he always is in 2023. So with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team OTAs. We got mini camp next week. We've got it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I'm Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 